0: You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is.
1: Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 290, and today is a chiptune show. Now, technically speaking, today's guest, Shiroban, uh, he started making chip music and then sort of evolved his sound. So, in the spirit of that, I've chosen a-, a playlist today of tracks that feature a few artists doing like, you know, pure chiptune stuff and then artists that, you know, make electronic music but have a good use of chip sounds in the, uh, the melodies and stuff. Cause I know how people can be with their chiptune music and if it's not pure and if it's not made on a Game Boy, then it's like not real. And for me, I've just always loved those sounds. And I had a debate in my head where I'm like, should I make this an official chiptune episode? But the reason why I am is just because we haven't done a chiptune episode in like two years. It's been a long time. So that's what's going on. So, how about this? Let's go listen to some music right now. And here's an artist who is amazing. He's been on the show before as a guest, Master Boot Record. And of course, his music is sort of a hybrid of chip sounds, but it almost sounds like like chip metal, he's got like guitar sounds in there and stuff. But uh, his music is always amazing. <laughs> I just, I've always loved uh, how epic and, and awesome uh, his tunes are. So let's listen to this one. This is from the album Floppy Disc Overdrive. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons, Chris Dance, Robert D. Bishop, and Mike Shima. Veritable Kings Among Men, thank you so much for your support. And this is Master Boot Record. With the track ANSI.SYS A-N-S-Y dot S-Y-S you know what that is of course it's a device driver in the DOS family of operating systems uh, <laughs> anyway <laughs> this song is awesome so check it out And that was Master Boot Record with ANSI.SYS. S-Y-S is short for System, right? I'm gonna look this up on Wikipedia because I'm never up-to-date with all of my... Wait, up-to-date? No, never mind. This is a really old computer term. It is partially based upon a subset of the text terminal control standard proposed by the ANSI X3L2 Technical Committee on Codes and Character Sets. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? Anyway, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the Krona Club, we got Emil and Hampus ML and Jose Arbello, the king of hell. So, I hope everyone is having a lovely day. We're going to listen to some more Chip tracks, and then we'll be chatting with Shiroban later in the show. And I apologize that this episode is several days late. I did warn you uh, on last week's episode, but it is not in vain, because I did get a bunch of filming done on Andy's spaceship, so that was good. And I was also there for the filming of Michael Oakley's performance uh that they were filming because he's going to be doing a stream of that i don't know when the date is possibly sometime in august i think anyways we were supposed to shoot like a q a and i did get people to send in questions on the discord and uh michael also had a post where he was getting people to ask questions but unfortunately it took them all day to shoot up until literally the moment that they were closing the studio and kicking everybody out. So I was hoping to do something for like half hour, 40 minutes and I think we basically had to rush like 8 minutes to record something before they turned the lights off. So unfortunately I did not get to any of your joke questions because a lot of you people wrote joke questions in and I was going to ask them but we just didn't have time. And I don't even think they're even going to be able to use the footage to be honest with you. But anyway the point is I kept the joke questions because I'm just going to read them out on the uh, beyond synth listener mail uh episode that we do in a few weeks anyways let's listen to some more music all right i got a cool one here from alpa a-l-p-a brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters there's mike Erdahl with the donation of the beast plus 50 tim carlton the golden boner and jacob wick my semi-sonic friend and uh this is alpa with signal Flynn three That was Signal flen 3 by Alpa. There's some cool chiptunes for you on this lovely chiptune show. Of course, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's City Hunter, the coolest guy in town, and Hugh Hefna in the 2666 Club. And I have to report that Gary Heather has upgraded his support. So he's gone from the $10 club to the twelve seventy three dollars club, which probably means he is donating in a different currency. And Gary Heather wrote me a letter. He says, Hey Andy, I've just listened to episode 288 and thank you for the birthday message. According to my notes, my first shout out as a new supporter was in episode 161, which certainly is going back a bit. I've rather lost track of time since I'm listening to all your podcasts from the beginning, but in something of a random order. I've still got approximately 150 outstanding episodes to go, according to my podcast client, so when I say I'm a few weeks behind, it's more like a couple of years, but I'm getting there. Thank you for acknowledging how long I've been a supporter. I don't do it for that, but the shoutouts are a nice touch and it still makes me smile to get my name in the show. Anyway, greetings from the UK. A burger and chips sounds like a good idea, although my local kebab shop, or you, you guys say kebab, don't you? My local kebab. Uh, my local kebab shop does a rather nice Hawaiian chicken, which is a grilled chicken, cheese, and pineapple that has been known to be my kryptonite when, quite frankly, I can't be ours to cook. I can smell their damn chips from across the street some nights, which is nothing short of psychological warfare. And since you've gone and mentioned it, I might have to scratch that itch tonight. Regarding the $10 club, I've just had a look at Patreon's processing costs, and it looks like you lose approximately 11% of what I pay in fees. Therefore, I'm about to up my monthly payment by a similar amount to see if I can nudge you into that $10 bracket. Quite frankly, it will be worth it just to mess with your mind and have you mentioned my upgrading my pledge by making it something odd seriously i want to have the ten dollars so let me know if i am close come next month once patreon have had their pound see what i did there of flesh have a great day and stay safe gary p.s does this make me the founding member of the foreign currency adjusted club christ we're gonna have to start so many clubs anyway bud you're in the 1273 club so good for you to be honest, I don't ever really do the math, so I just sort of see at the end of the month when Patreon sends me the money, and I, I've never actually looked at the percentage, so I, I don't I don't really know. As I told you guys, I'm a bad businessman, but that won't stop me from playing cool music, so I got a track here from The Rupal Face, from the album Pariah, and then in brackets, Op 1. Which stands for Opus. And I dug this one. It's not so chip y in terms of the sounds that are used, unlike some of the other tracks on this album. But what I dug about this one was just the composition, and it had sort of a composition which reminded me of like video game music, even if like not all the instruments are necessarily doing it. You'll understand when you listen to it. And I mean, I still think I hear some, some kind of Genesis y bass lines and stuff in there, which are cool. And I hope you dig it. This is Jet Streams by The Rupal Face. Oh, And that was Jetstreams by The Rupal Face from the album Pariah, Opus One. I think the guy's got three opuses, so you can go check that out. And of course, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We got Clint Dowling, A Star Apart, Alex Selickson, Blake Peterson, Eurobeat Intensifies, and Honeybeard. And I hope you're all having a lovely day. So I'm now, I'm going to say 70% through Mass Effect 3, and I'm going to tell you something. I know when people look back on the Mass Effect games that Part 3 got kind of a bad rap just because the ending was a little weird, and I will admit, I felt that way too, and whenever I talked about the Mass Effect trilogy to people, I would always talk about how much I loved Part 2. Now, most people do consider Part 2 to be the best one, but playing Part 3 again, with all the DLC in it, it's like a completely different game. Like, some of that DLC is huge, story-wise. Like, I didn't realize that. Like, I always assume, you know, whenever they add DLC after the fact, it's like, in Mass Effect 2, you did that weird mission where you went to that base where they were doing experiments, and then they added in these missions where you flew around, like, a hover car and just held a button over yellow circles in the dirt to, like, scan them, and, like, that was the whole thing. Like, it was fine, but it wasn't, like, important to the overall story, But in Mass Effect 3, like, one of the DLCs gives you, like, another crew member who's a fucking Prothean, like, the ancient race that got destroyed and he was in hibernation. The other one, you find out, like, the origin of the creature that the Reapers, the big bad guys, are based on. Like, it just was, like... I felt like I was playing a completely different game. And then there was this other DLC that was, like, almost, uh... It played, like, a light-action comedy where you had to, like, do this heist. And the writing of it was so different than all the rest of the game. Like, it, it just was sort of fun. It was almost like they took all the characters out and put them in, like, a Marvel movie or something where they're all, like, making quips and joking and stuff. But... I think it really helped the overall tone of the game. Like, you know when you watch something that's just so serious, like a TV show or a movie, it can be draining after a while. You know, like if every single conversation is always just about the mission and every character is stern. And I had that experience with Breaking Bad. Like, I thought Breaking Bad was an awesome show, but I thought once they introduced Saul Goodman, I started to like the show more because it was like, oh, good. Like, they finally inserted a character into this show who's funny, but not like stupid comedy relief funny because some shows I think can get wrecked by weird comedy like uh, 24 for example because I loved 24 and that was a show that you know the characters all took themselves really seriously and whenever there was humor it was sort of dark and then in season three they introduced Chloe and she was like the quirky tech girl and her humor to me just didn't work with the rest of the show but then she ends up being like a fan favorite so she lives for like fucking 12 seasons and then other characters who are awesome fucking get killed off after like two episodes. Anyway, uh, look, the bottom line is this, okay? I'm enjoying Mass Effect 3. I still don't know how it's gonna play out when I actually get to the end of the game, but I will say this playthrough feels like a completely different game. Anyways, let's listen to some music from Chibi Tech. So these are some fun Chiptune vibes for you, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club, awesome people like Jimmy the Hutt, Johnny Five, Kempson Kenjeru, Mr. Magoo Samurai, and Neverman, and I hope you dig this one this is chibi tech from the album psychosomatic generation and this is movement of the swift peregrine And that was Chibi Tech from the album Psychosomatic Generation. That was Movement of the Swift Peregrine. And that one was just awesome. I guess for me, when it comes to classic chiptune vibes, I love arpeggios, and I like that sort of... I guess Master Boot Record does this too, where there's almost like a classical music vibe... So I like all that, uh, again, you know I'm terrible with music terminology, but you know, when it's going like, you know, like it sounds like classical music, and I've always dug that whole thing. So those are the tunes that I usually gravitate towards. I noticed this week when I was sort of looking for other chiptune music to play, I start to notice the vibe in which certain artists tend to gravitate. For example, we've seen this in synthwave where some artists start, you know, like they were in metal bands or punk bands, they start making electronic synthwave music, i and then they slowly become harder and more metal, and then they just sort of become a metal band again, you know, like it's sort of like they make this evolution, and there's a lot of artists who I've seen sort of move towards a vaporwave sound, more jazzy type things, and I'm noticing that with the chiptune artists like a lot of chiptune artists sort of morph they start doing chiptune, a lot of it's like, you know fast-paced, cool, complex rhythms and stuff, and then I noticed while I was searching this week that there was a, there's a lot of artists who had sort of changed to a more city pop, kind of jazzy like the music you would hear in like a Japanese video game from like the, you know, the mid-90s. I know I don't really have any names or anything. It's just, these are general things I find, you know, when, I, when I'm when i actually looking for music and I start to see weird sort of trends. And uh, yeah, I just find it interesting. So that's my story about that. I know it's not a very good one, but... Oh, and this is also a reminder. I'm going to say you have one week now to send in audio recordings and or questions and comments to beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com because we're going to be doing a listener submitted you know question Q&A episode and if you want to send in a voice clip of yourself asking a question or just saying something you want to hear your voice on the show send it in I'm going to be probably doing that show in two weeks so now's the time I know I've been pretty vague about when that show was happening and I think there's a lot of people who've messaged me who said oh when, when should I send something in and I said just send something in at some point and I feel like they think they have plenty of time well now I'm telling you do it now send in questions comments statements send in voice messages to beyond synth submissions at gmail.com Or, if you're a patron, you can send me a direct message on Patreon, alright? So, go do that. And in the meantime, listen to this. This is She from the album Aspire. And this is a cool one. This is kind of more of the vibe we're probably going to be listening to today when we get to our main guest, you know, where it's like chiptune, but there's lots of fucking dance beats and stuff, and and a lot of energy, and I hope you dig it. So, this is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, awesome people like Newmark, Restless Nights, Techno Ben and forged in neon with the 2049 and go check out forged in neon social media because she just put out a compilation a forged in neon compilation that's got a whole bunch of cool artists and it is just literally at this point a physical release uh, on tape and mini disc and i think something else but anyway go go to check out forged in neon and check it out anyways in the meantime listen to this track from she this is play the chip tech And that was Play the Chip Tech from She. And that's a cool one if you like some Energon in your chip tunes. And it, of course, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $20 Club, there's Joshua Winter and Chatterack. Whalen Kasky Geospatial with the 1988 who I think has returned from his ruck march but I'll read his letter on the listener feedback episode and then there's COVID 1986 with the 1986 and of course I would like to thank uh, Ethan for helping out with the Synth database and speaking of which I did put out a message on Discord and I only put it on Discord looking for volunteers to help out with the show specifically for social media management and promotion artwork for the Instagrams and uh, effects work and all that sort of stuff, and we'll be seeing how that goes. You know, I'm very weird about soliciting help from people. It's always been something I've been very hesitant to do, but, you know, this is like the ninth season of the show, and I really want to sort of branch out and try and get more eyes and ears on the show and also produce more content, and it just is too much work. Basically every week I try and put my focus on Andy's spaceship means that Beyond Synth gets delayed by a few days, you know? Like, I, I simply can't do everything. And I do plan on launching an exclusive YouTube page for Andy Spaceship to just start putting that stuff there because I do feel like the Beyond Synth YouTube page is just nonsense. It's like so many random different <laughs> types of videos, and at this point, I think it might be a little confusing for people. So anyways, if you did not see the message in Discord, and you'd like to help out with the show, if you have some particular skill or talent, or if you got some free time, obviously I don't want to take advantage of anybody or whatever. Like, it's just simply if you have the time and it's something that you think you could help out with, that would be uh, amazing. Basically, I've been looking for people who can help out do the things that just take me away from actually making the show. At the end of the day, I know everyone who's listening is because they're actual, like, fans of the show, and I want to be able to make more of the show. And, honestly, every week, I probably put in so many hours where I'm just, like, doing social media posts and updating artist links and doing all these things in the background that have nothing to do with actually making Beyond Synth. And so I kind of want to get away from this stupid cycle because it really frustrates me because I really enjoy making the stuff. I just don't enjoy all the other side things that come along with it. Anyway, feel free to message me at beyondsynth at gmail.com. I know I wasn't very specific today. It's just because I did have uh, four or five people get in touch with me and so far they are technically fulfilling the needs I was looking looking to fill, but I am looking for other people who do things like effects work, uh, maybe some editing video or audio. I mean, there's all sorts of things that can be done. Visual art that can be used for like, you know, promoting the show and stuff. And this also goes for Andy's spaceship as well. But uh, anyways, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. So if you do want to help out or if you have any questions, email beyondsynth at gmail and ask me and I will respond to you. And in the meantime, let's listen to this track from Wickland. Now, do you suppose it's Wicklund or Vicklund, like with a V sound. Anyway, this track's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the 1985 club, there is Rachel Bueckleman and Sarah Bueckleman with the 1555. It's Gene Creamer, Private Eye. With the 15, it's Prophet of Jupiter. And in the 1313 club, we got Mads Baron Christensen and Skywolf. And I hope you guys dig this. This is Wicklund with the challenge. was The Challenge by Wicklund from the Squares 3 OST. Is that Square? Is that how you say that game? S-Q-R-X-Z. Or is it Squizz? And of course, that track was brought to you by. Uh, we have a new PayPal this week, Jurgen Rauscher. Hope I'm saying your name correctly. It's a J and a U with an umlaut over the U, and I never know how to say those. So I will say Jurgen Rauscher. And you let me know if that's correct with the 709. Thank you so much for supporting the show. You're a cool guy. Do you think it's Jurgen? Jurgen. Or is it Jurgen? What is it? What is a u with an umlaut? I'm going to say Jurgen, but it's possibly that it's Jurgen. This is always the problem with pronouncing people's names incorrectly because I think sometimes people listen to the show, they donate money and then if English isn't their first language, I try and pronounce their name and they don't even recognize that I'm thanking them because they <laughs> they like don't know what I'm saying. And if that happens, I apologize. It's uh, not my intention. So, we'll be talking to uh, Shiroban in just a bit. We'll probably listen to one more track and then uh, we'll talk with him. And it's funny because after I read Gary Heather's message, uh, because he upgraded his support, and you know, when people donate in a foreign currency, it becomes a weird number. And then he mentioned that is he the founding member of the Foreign Currency Adjusted $10 Club, which is technically what Kudzost is because he donates 10 pounds, and then I said he was in the 1379 Club. And then he wrote in and said, Oof, what a disgusting number. (laughs) (laughs) In my reality, it's nice and neat, 10 pounds. And I just love the idea of calling 1379 a disgusting number. (laughs) Hey, man, how much is that uh, lasagna? Hey, how much is that frozen lasagna? Uh, That's 1379. Disgusting. You disgust me. (laughs) Anyway, I apologize. I have no power over the exchange rates. But if I did, to be honest, I don't know what I would do because I don't understand how they work. So, something about the gold standard. Anyways, let's listen to one more song and then we'll go chat with Shiroban. So I want to listen to this one from Wojciech Goldcevsky. Uh, You can go back and listen to When Wojciech Was a Guest on the Show. Was that last season or the season before? I feel like it was the season before. I fucking love Wojciech's music, man. And it was a funny interview because he, uh, he's a very sort of humble guy. So, like, he, he doesn't really acknowledge that his music is great. And when you tell him his music's awesome, he's like, oh, I don't know. And he was always upset that I picked the wrong song. So, hey, man, I'm assuming he's going to think I picked the wrong song this time. Uh, this is from his album Monologues. In brackets, Data98. And I've, uh, again, I've just always loved Wojciech's ability to sort of have these minimal songs, but with the use of just arpeggios and things. They always have this epic quality to them, and I really do feel the sort of minimalist kind of like sci-fi vibe he's going for because whenever I listen to Wojciech's music I do picture I know we talked about this in the interview but I do picture like the lone spaceship there's just a little tiny spaceship that's just flying and then this music's playing as you see like some moon over a horizon or something and uh, anyway uh, I always dig his stuff so this is Wojciech Golchevsky with the track Mono 2 And that was Mono 2 by Wojciech Golchevsky from the album Monologues. And Wojciech is awesome and makes awesome music. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Retro Serenade. And we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And on that note, let's go chat with Shiroban. Well, I am here right now with... Now, do you say Shirobon like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, Shirobon.
1: You never know sometimes, you know, like with internet stuff, like I'll say something for so many years and then it's like, actually it's Shirobon. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard a few people say Shirobon, but I'm pretty sure it's
2: Shirobon. Well, I mean, you should know, man, because that's you. Absolutely. I mean, it's taken from... Um, it's the main character of Bomberman. So actually, it's not completely OG. Bomberman has a name? It's got a name. It's Shirobon. Does that mean something? It means white bomber, and the other colors all have different names. Like the black colored one is Kulobon, which is black bomber, and I can't remember the others now. But yeah, that's no, got it's got a name. I didn't know either at the time when I was trying to um, come up with something. It was like what I was like fifteen on MySpace and just needed a name to make my profile to put a little song I made up. And at the time, I was playing lots of Bomberman. I was just reading the wiki, and then I read Sherbon I was like, oh, that'll do. That's kind of cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, hey, I'm learning stuff all the time. That's very exciting. So you are Michael? Born, born Michael, but um, everyone calls me Mikey. Okay, what do you want me to call you? Just call me Mikey. Or if you want to call me something else, that's fine, too. I'm easy. Is it that if people call you Michael, is that because they're scolding you? No, they're probably like a doctor or something trying to keep it <laughs> <an> official. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, so I don't know exactly how I'm going to categorize this episode, because although I first discovered you, like, years and years and years ago with your chiptune stuff, Mm. I mean, your your sound has definitely evolved where, like, you still incorporate chip sounds in your music, but it's obviously a lot fuller than just traditional, like, Game Boy music and stuff that you were making in, like, the early days, you know, like the 2007 and 8 and, like, that sort of era. Yeah. So I'm not sure... I guess it'll depend. I'll li- when I listen back to the show and like listen to the song choices that I've made for today, then I'm going to figure out whether or not I'm going to classify this as a chiptune episode or not. But we'll see. Because that's sort of like what you are. I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, it's a bit a tricky one. Because obviously I started
2: off doing the chiptune stuff and playing around with Game Boys. And I think that kind of triggered my interest in like synthesis and sound design and all that jazz and you know i've still got a big soft spot for that so there's always a little chiptune flavor in my music but these days it's definitely um a lot more synth focused and like a bit more like 90s breaky kind of cyberpunky stuff now but with a little little sprinkle of game boy still yeah
1: so how about we get to know mikey and figure out what the story is so when did you actually like start making music
2: Well, I've always sort of like grown up around music. Like, yeah, like that classic tale. But, you know, when I was a kid, my um, parents would like play techno records and hand me a drum and I would drum over the top of them and stuff like that, you know. And then when I was about 14 ish, I started picking up production in school and playing a bit of guitar and piano as well. Um, And at first I thought I wanted to be in a band and then everyone I joined kicked me out because I was probably a bit full of myself, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then once I started discovering chiptune stuff, which was when I was about just turning 16, I had a lot more fun doing that and obviously could just do it by myself without having to rely on other people and just started doodling with tunes just as like a hobbyist. And then as the years went by... Gains more and more of a passion for it, and now it's you know infected my brain, and it's all I can think about.
1: What do you mean, production in school? Did you go to some fancy school? <laughs>
2: no, my school looked like a prison. If anything, it had like barbed wired <laughs> walls and all that jazz, and it was right next door to a football stadium, so it's pretty. Um, it's pretty pretty much. I think it's one of those ones because it wasn't a great school they were trying to do fancy things to make it seem good right okay. so they got like one room and all the computers had um I think logic 5 installed we're on logic 10 now Like, that's what I'm still using. And just as you were starting to do the music lessons, they just taught you some basic production skills.
1: Right. Was it also like a music class where you would, like, bring in real instruments and stuff? Or was it all just, like, in the computer, like, that was the class?
2: No, it was just, like, a big um, bundle of everything. So you don't learn anything well, but you know a lot of things slightly by the end
1: (laughs) end of it. How did you find out about the the chiptune
2: stuff? It was a friend of mine, Alice. At the time, I was always listening to like video game remixes and i remember coming off to me going oh if you like that video game music you should take a listen to this you might like it and um she showed me henry homesweet who i'm actually good friends with now it was his song simple pleasures and that was the first chiptune song i heard and obviously hearing those kind of video gamey sounds but a lot more like intense and <laughs> focused on like crazy melodies and that rather than like in the background of the game i just found it really fascinating and straight away like got home and was searching on the internet how to how to make it
1: when when you started did you get into like the full-on pure stuff where you actually needed like a game boy or were you doing it just with the software well to start with
2: and at the time like i didn't really have much money to splash on Game Boys and cartridges and stuff like that. I downloaded this software called Little Piggy Tracker, and um, <laughs> and I made a bunch of tunes on that before I did anything seriously. And it's basically a bit similar to LSDJ, which is another popular tracker, but a little bit. Less, lesser known but it was a free download online you can just use it on your PC so I started off using that and got the basics of how a tracker works and then once I got the basics down with that I got a NanoLoop cartridge and made my first album Golden Apples using NanoLoop and then after that moved on to LSDJ, DJ which is the one I still use now.
1: Then what didn't you just like export the stuff and bring it into like s- some other software? Oh with the
2: stuff on the Game Boy. No, you just um plug an audio cable into the headphone jack and record it out of there.
1: But, I mean, if you're going to incorporate sort of chiptune sounds now into the stuff that you make, do you still do it that way? 50-50. Sometimes I do.
2: And what I'll do is I'll make lots of different ideas on the Game Boy and I'll record them all in and then, like, chop them up and rearrange them and then layer on top of that with, like, drums and synths and stuff like that. But otherwise, a lot of the time these days, actually... I've made a bunch of wavetables and serum made from the Game Boy ones and if it's just basic ideas I'll just um, use that from Chip um, chiptune for serum pack that I made and quite a few people have told me they just do that now if you're looking for like simple sounds but for the more um, advanced and weird modulated stuff I'll still whip the, whip out the Game Boy for sure
1: right yeah yeah well look how about this let's actually listen to some music and then we'll keep talking so even though we're talking about all this sort of pure chiptune stuff I'm going to sort of fast forward a bit to around 2014 sure I'm going to be sort of jumping around a bit uh, in the uh, in the Shiroban catalog but uh, this was a track that I really dug called Galactic Freeway mm, yeah. which I think came out on the Arcade Dream album is that correct yep You got it. And it's cool, so let's listen to it. This is a Galactic Freeway by Shiroban. (laughs) That was Galactic Freeway by Shiroban, and I'm here right now with Shiroban Mikey. See, I always feel weird when someone has a name where it's like Mikey because it makes you sound like a little kid, Mm. like I'm talking to a kid, and I'm not talking to a kid. (laughs) You're one of those people who I can't get a sense of how old you are. I've seen the picture of you and i'm like yeah he could be various ages <laughs> depending I've on i've got
2: um i've got quite a i've got quite a baby face I have, yeah. to, I have to admit but um i'm 30 just turned 30. did you just have your birthday just had my lockdown birthday yeah it was great <laughs> well,
1: that's exciting <laughs> this is me and my cat <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool you still got a whole bunch of life ahead of you that's exciting i'm gonna be 40 Oy. yeah that's a whole other thing. Good times. I guess. It just, uh, it's a whole lot of uh, my body cracks with every motion I make.
2: Well, your body's drama now, isn't it?
1: Sort of. I sound like a transformer. Whenever I wake up in the morning and get out of bed and I sort of push myself off the bed, like doing sort of a push-up, Yeah. in that motion, it's just like... Anyway, all these things you get to look forward to. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so your first few albums, and I guess some of the tracks that I had heard from you early on were from the sort of the golden apples and sort of connected Mm. era. Like, what was it that made you sort of move into a sort of different direction? Like, was it that you always wanted to do that, but were just sort of limited by the, the tech you had? Or what was the... What was going on in your head? I wouldn't say it's
2: necessarily something I always wanted to do because I think the thing that I like is just being more in the moment and doing what you like at the time and then naturally you kind of lean in a certain direction rather than maybe planning to ahead of time. But like with what I mentioned earlier, doing the chiptune stuff kind of triggers your interest in creating sounds and things like that. Because when I started the Chips and stuff, I pretty much still had no production knowledge. In fact, I think my first album, I just recorded it into Audacity and exported it as like a really low-quality MP3, because I didn't know any better, (laughs) and put it out that way, which is why I had to like get the Game Boy out and release the remastered version, just so I could actually record it in full quality. But yeah, from there, I just started picking up production, and I had friends who were um, doing the same thing, and I found it really interesting. So then after those releases, my album 2022, 2022 was um a bit more of a like my first production thing. A lot of it was still me just figuring things out. And then I think after that release, when I did um backtracking and kind of brought the Game Boy sounds back and forth but merged them, I think that's when I finally started kind of like getting my own sound, I
1: reckon. Right. Yeah. I mean there's sort of like the different eras of like chiptune stuff and demo scene stuff so like when you started who are the artists in sort of the chiptune scene that you consider your contemporaries?
2: I mean there's quite a few but off the top of my head it's probably like well obviously Henry Holmes Suite got me started in all of it you have like bit shifter no sleep i really loved um usk a lesser known one but was a big influence for me is another japanese artist called xenon he's really good as well and ymck pretty much everyone that was playing blip festival at the time are all pretty iconic to be honest what's blip festival blip festival was a chiptune festival that was in new york and tokyo and went for a few years and it was quite big but then they actually did a bit it stopped for a little while and then they did a rebranding and now it's um square sounds festival okay did you ever go to any of those i didn't actually manage to make it down to any of the blip festivals because at the time they were running i was still a bit young and couldn't afford a flight to new york <laughs> <laughs> but once it changed to square sounds and that was in between um, melbourne and tokyo I think I've been to it like six times between the two of them, so I am very familiar with that one. Yeah,
1: you mentioned earlier that you would sort of make those um, serum. Do you not use the word preset? Is is it different? Is a wavetable different than a preset? Um, it's a little bit a little bit different because
2: there are presets that come with it, and that's obviously like you clicking through and the different sounds. But with the wavetables and the ones I made, I think I am encouraging people to make their own sounds because you can go through the presets, but with the wave table, it's basically adding extra options to your synth. So when you build it up, you've got more sounds to experiment with and come up with your own unique patches. So, yeah, I'd, I'd class it slightly slightly differently in terms of um, music making, yeah.
1: How does that work? Do you have to officially, like, get the OK from Serum, or can you just, like, make a thing and sell it? No, you can absolutely just make it and
2: sell it. In fact, um, they encourage you to do it, and they make it really easy to do so. In general, with presets, that's not something... That would be taken in from the company, you know, you'd absolutely be allowed to do it yourself. But when it comes to wavetables, there might have been some sims in the past. Usually they lock the sims so you can't add other ones, which I find a bit stupid. Mm. But with Serum and pretty much all of the newer ones, they know people want to be able to make their own ones. Because you can just record like any kind of audio and import it and it will do something weird and that could be a fun. Way that makes sounds, you know.
1: No, that makes sense. So, I guess since you just said you just had your birthday in fucking uh, lockdown, mm. have you been productive over this period? How do you feel about it in terms of uh, music output? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, seeing as there's
2: nothing else going on, and I usually like to keep busy, my only option is <laughs> making music at the moment. Mm. And right now, I'm just wrapping up a split EP between me and um Meganico, if you're familiar
1: so what do you mean like you're just doing you're each having like four songs or something or do you collaborate on some yeah so it's a four track two
2: of them are collaborations and then two solo ones and that's just wrapping up now and that's a y2k themed like ps1 era release which has been a lot of fun because a lot of like ravey breakbeat moments but a lot of dorky 90s like synth sounds and nice. <laughs> weird like future voices over the whole thing well
1: that sounds cool man i mean yeah i don't know when this is gonna air so who knows maybe it's out now it's probably out now have a look it's called Psy2K, um,
2: PSY2K, a.k.a. PlayStation 2000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's probably out by now. So definitely have a, have a little listen to that.
1: All right, we will. But in the meantime, we're going to listen to this track uh, from the Infinity album, which was uh, in in 2015 called Meteor, which is a cool song that I liked. Mm. And, uh, and we're going to listen to it right now. This is Meteor by Shiroban. Meteor by Shiroban, and I'm here with Shiroban right now. Mikey, so as a 30-year-old, what are your... (laughs) This is how I'm going to phrase every question now. (laughs) What are the kids into? I just don't know anymore. Uh, uh, What are your sort of video game influences? So like video
2: game influences of the soft spot or like the PS1 kind of era of things, Um, Sega Mega Drive slash PS1. So that like late 90s to early 2000s. So there's a lot of a lot of games in Nallery. like I kind of like the dorky sci-fi stuff in a lot of the schmaps and things. stuff like einhander and even like the Ghost in the Shell game had a pretty banging soundtrack. I do like a lot of newer stuff. But I find most of my free
1: times probably stuck in the late 90s of gaming. I mean, I'm very nostalgic for that time just because I was an N64 guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my nostalgia is huge into things like Goldeneye and Zelda and stuff. I mean, these were things that were very important to me. And Yeah, I had a few
2: games on the N64, but literally like three or four were on the PS1. It was probably like ten times that. So a lot of my time was um, there, yeah.
1: Yeah, the one thing I liked about the PlayStation 1 was how you could just take the game out and put it in the CD player and, like, just listen to the music. Mm. And even, like, the... Actually, funny one, because even the other
2: way around, you could um, put CDs in the PlayStation, and depending which model you had, like, the later ones had a visualizer, which is pretty pretty sick. I remember (laughs) I used to just stare at it as, like, a 10-year-old, just not knowing what I'm doing. But then the (laughs) earlier models had, like, little cheesy, like, effects, like reverbs and things. And actually, um, just recently, I just had the weird idea about, oh, what if you, like, got those reverbs and made music going through it? And started this project where I actually had to buy a second PS1, burn, like, a thing called an impulse response onto a blank CD, stick it in, record all the reverbs, and then, like, use software to convert it into, like, actual, like, software plug-in reverbs. What? If you go on my Bandcamp, you'll see it there. It's just called, like ps1 reverb and it's a free download and you can literally have the ps1 reverb on your tracks how
1: that <laughs> okay hold on here this sounds incredibly nerdy to a point where like i don't even yeah i was trying not to get um, too deep and involved no, but, it's yeah. fine but like how on earth do you figure that process out Oh, don't worry. I messed up plenty of times trying to make it happen. Right, but like everything you just explained to me, even the idea of capturing the reverb, like I don't even get that.
2: Yeah, it's like there's this process that um, you could do and a lot of companies that make software reverbs now that emulate famous hardware ones, what they do is this thing called an impulse response and you can like capture reverb spaces in this way. So if you're out in a church You could play this impulse sound and record it back through like a microphone or whatever, and then what it will do, it will only see the reverberance and then like delete the sound, and then you're left with the reverb. It's it's all a bit geeky, but that's kind of like the basic way of doing it.
1: And then it figures out through some sort of
2: yeah, from looking at the audio back and how all the frequencies like fade off, and that it like just cleverly figures it out. So it works with hardware as well. So if you put this sound in a hardware reverb and, like, record it, it does the same thing. So I basically put that sound on a blank disc and stuck in the PS1 and opened up this little jukebox thing and hit, like, reverb one concert hall and then recorded out of my TV into my um, studio. Right. And converted it from there
1: this is insane I was like the idea I've never even this is the first day I'm considering this as a concept <laughs> the idea of recording a sound hearing the echo then analyzing the echo and then somehow being able to turn that back into an echo setting in a program like it's just so weird like I'm t- yeah it's one of those one when I when
2: I thought of it I was like having a bit of that like mad professor moment just go am I okay <laughs> and then um, I did it and you know it took a while to do do it all and then once I finally like put it up or whatever like quite a lot of people seem to enjoy it in fact quite a lot of people are like thank you for giving me the thing I never knew I needed (laughs) (laughs) so you know once once I stopped pulling my hair out and managed to get it done successfully it's been it's been good yeah
1: do you still have to then run it through a reverb of some kind like so you know if you're using like logic and there's like you know like magic reverb and then and then it, you tell it now that the playstation setting was analyzed that you put it on cathedral mode at f- fucking distance four and room <laughs> size 21.6 or whatever or no so basically once you
2: finish doing all this conversion stuff it basically outputs just an audio file and And um, inside of Logic and most DAWs now, you have a thing called a convolution reverb in there. I think the Logic one's called Space Designer. But if you look, most places have them. I think there's free ones you can download. And what you do is you open the convolution reverb. And in the presets, you'll see like churches and all these spaces. And if you just go import and then just drag in the audio file, it just sounds the same. It's a little (laughs) bit magic.
1: All right. I'm glad I've made you now the spokesperson for this fucking convolution reverb. That's (laughs) the... No worries. Someone's got to talk about it. That's Mm. the important thing. Because I did see that on your band camp, and I didn't quite know what to make of it.
2: Yeah, that's a bit more if you're like a music producer, you maybe want to click it but for the average listener they probably go in and go what what am i actually looking at yeah <laughs> but yeah
1: well, i guess that's the issue when you're sort of like your band camp is like a one-stop shop right so mm. do you have people who click on that thing and go what is this well i mean so far i haven't really had anyone seem to be confused i mean they
2: probably just didn't want to message me and go hey i'm confused you know yeah. <laughs> um, i'm a big dumb idiot But i think a lot of The people who listen to me are geeky music people. So, you know, so I think most people probably know what it is, but if they don't, just ignore it. And it's mostly music on my page anyway. It's probably just like one or two things that isn't over my other like 15 albums or whatever that's up there. (laughs) But like shirts? Um, no, <laughs> no, no shirts up at the moment. I've got a separate a separate site for that.
1: I want you to list all the things on your band camp. All now. the things, and I'm going to correct you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to quiz you to see if you know what you've put up. I have no idea what's on there. <laughs> Do you still do a lot of retro gaming then? Like when you game, like do you still return to that time or is it just something you remember fondly?
2: Yeah, well, actually just um, a couple of days ago I got like a little clip-in controller for your phone that makes it look like a Switch and I've been playing <laughs> PS1 and Dreamcast games on my phone. <laughs> I still got all my consoles and they're probably getting the most used to be honest. I'm running through like a few PS2 games right now. I do play, when I play modern stuff, I'm usually just playing bloody mario kart for days but <laughs> right most uh, i say like 80 percent of my gaming is still stuck in that era probably
1: everything i do with this show and with a lot of other things has a very uh nostalgic aspect to it and so i talk about retro gaming a lot and i find though that when it finally comes down to it i spend more time just adjusting settings and emulators and then when i start playing the game i almost get my fix immediately mm. sometimes there's certain games that i just love the music and like this is this is a realization I've come to lately where I realize like sometimes I I would put in Castlevania and go Oh, I don't think I actually wanted to play Castlevania as much as I just wanted to listen to the music from this level. (laughs) I mean, Castlevania's got amazing music, so don't blame me. Yeah, no, it's (laughs) great, but I mean, I feel the same way too. Like, I'll play through, like, Donkey Kong Country, and it's like, Mm. do I really want to play Donkey Kong Country or do I just want to get into the water and listen to that music? Because, like, I think that's what I want to do. Sometimes you just want to chill there. Well, that's the thing, which new games, especially open, because I'm a big fan of open world games, and that's, like, the one advantage that they have have over classic games is most classic games have a timer. Yeah. I've got kids and so sometimes I try and get like my daughter or whatever to like play some old school games and I find the one thing that's the trickiest is there's always this kind of time limit thing and she's young so she doesn't necessarily have the coordination to play. Yeah. And I sort of go, oh, wouldn't it be cool if she was playing this this Mario game but there was no timer so she could just take her time and kind of jump on things well, and figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I think
2: it's um, difficult going back I see games have changed a fair bit and a lot of stuff that was standard back then you don't really see that often anymore and if it does happen for example a timer it would just be like a one-off special event yeah. but with like the open world games I haven't really played that many or I wasn't that interested but then I played um, Breath of the Wild and actually that I could spend all day playing but, other than that, I find with a lot of modern games this I find it quite difficult to <laughs> keep my attention focused for too long,
1: yeah, I get like that. I
2: literally just like play for like half an hour and then go and do something else, where for some reason, with older stuff. And it's not even so much nostalgia maybe because I'm playing a lot of games that I didn't play as a kid. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, maybe because my brain's just used to that style of gaming and how it looks and I find it quite fascinating still so I can actually play... little bit elongated but for newer stuff i don't know sometimes it's a bit um too too many pixels to take in and i need to put the controller down
1: yeah when it when it comes to new games i i tend to play in sort of blocks of time and so the reason why i like open world games and actually one of the things i really like is when they're kind of very structured like i know sometimes people don't like you know that it's all like oh it's just fetch quests or it's this and Mm. it's that and for me like i don't have eight hours to game anymore like i used to for sure so I like booting up Skyrim and knowing that I can play for like 20 minutes and I can do a mission. I just go like, I click on the map, some guy tells me where to go, an X appears, I fast travel to it, I fight two monsters, I get the thing from the chest, bring it back to the dude, and I feel like I did something. And so that's why I tend to enjoy... Like open world games, I almost I- enjoy the the relaxation of like the checklist aspect of them. Yeah, 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 Where it's like I'm playing as Spider-Man and like you have completed 5 of 10 gang hideouts, you know, and I'm like, "Good. I, I see the little chart and I see the little thing and I get a little trophy when I complete all the hideouts and
2: Yeah, I think that's what's quite good with the open world stuff because even if you're not in the mood to complete a mission, you can just run around and explore for 20 minutes and yeah. then- Get on with what you need to do.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah. And 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 Breath of the Wild was obviously awesome for that. But look, I want to I want to listen to another song, and then we'll keep talking. Absolutely. This is a cool song that I dug. It's called Fox from uh, the Dimensions album. This was in 2016, if that is correct.
2: It's, you know, what? I don't even think it's 2016. <laughs> it's 2014 you know, or 2016. It's, 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 it's been a while. <laughs> anyway, it's a cool song. This is uh, this is Fox by Shiroban. No, it, it is 2016. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs>
1: And that was Fox by Shiroban, and I'm here with Shiroban right now, Mikey, just talking about games and uh, making tunes and, and all that cool stuff. So then do you what, do you, uh, you play your Switch a lot? Yeah, the Switch is
2: pretty easy. I think going in with that, I don't want to dedicate too much time or anything. I'll
1: just whip open like Mario Kart or some other just like quick game and just doodle around for a bit. For me, it's Tetris 99. Mm. That was the game that got me on the Switch. I tried it, but there's it just, t- <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on and it kind of scared me. <laughs> So I might I might give it another go. Well, I'm, I I really do like Tetris a lot. I feel like it's just one of yeah. the class. You know, when you you can have a whole bunch of people and they keep on inventing new board games, but at the end of the day, Monopoly and Scrabble are just going and Snakes and Ladders are just going to like. Yeah. they're always going to be the kings. And I feel that way about Tetris. Is like no matter what other awesome games come out, there's always Tetris, and it's it always I always find it compelling. Although there was this stupid shitty one on fucking Sony that was made by EA, which fucking had this dumbass glitch. Yeah. (laughs) and it fucking the game was broken and it would literally like fuck you over and i got so angry and i made a video and for some reason it's like the most watched thing i ever put on youtube because i still get people commenting today because i just go on this rant where i filmed the screen and then i broke it down frame by frame to show how the game had an inconsistent delay Mm. you'd get a line clear and then sometimes there'd be like 16 frames of animation before the the new piece started dropping and then sometimes Uh, there just there wouldn't be any frames of animation and a new piece would (laughs) just dropped, and it was was just this complete inconsistent stupid glitch and it pissed me off anyway sorry it's it's okay I can feel your emotion talking (laughs) about it well there's nothing wrong with hard games I personally don't like hard games but there is something really annoying when a game is actively like cheating and like it's not your fault that you're messing up like that's the worst yeah and it's something i feel very strongly about and i'm going to take this issue to congress i don't know if they have that well you have a british parliament over there technically i'm in canada so i have parliament too i don't know why i made a congress joke
2: yeah that's that's all they talk about in parliament it's the (laughs) broken mechanics and (laughs) tensions
1: so what do you do when you're uh, not making tunes or is that your whole life i mean at the moment it is because everything's still a bit
2: closed off but to be honest like i'm very brain engaged with music you know when I wake up that's pretty much what what I'm thinking about but obviously like there's gaming that's good Um, (laughs) but other other than that like going out and going to events and seeing more music and dancing till 6am falling asleep and having a Or doing a takeaway and playing games the next morning.
1: <laughs> See, I like that. I like to live vicariously through other people's fun, young lives, going out dancing and stuff. Yeah, you know, I like I like being
2: sociable and I like going out and seeing things and like travelling and that. But while that's still a little bit um, closed off from as as we're recording. Um, I'm trying to just like get loads of music written ready for release. So when stuff does open up again, at least I can like go out and have a little bit of backlog of stuff I can release and enjoy myself for a couple of months, maybe.
1: Well, you go. That's a, you're a uh, enterprising fellow. Mm. <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do that. I'm a very disorganized guy. Mm. I, like, I'm like. i so envious of people that go, well, you know, on Wednesday I got this planned and this, this, and this, and they've got their list of stuff they got to do, and like, I'm just like, okay. I'm just sort of flying on the seat of my pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm quite organized with the music, but outside
2: of that, I'm an absolute disaster. So <laughs> I feel you there. <laughs> do you watch movies? Are you a movie guy, or are you just all about the music and the games? Okay, Occasionally I can take in a movie, but like, unless it's really good I'll get like 30 minutes in and turn it off and go do something else. If I'm with other people I can sit through it like a bad one but otherwise um, yeah like there's a few there's a few good films um, but I'm not an avid film goer really. Same with like general television um, I don't really binge that much stuff unless it's actually phenomenal. Otherwise I just binge, um, just YouTube. One of one of those.
1: Well, at least YouTube's a nice, healthy place. Oh, lots of positivity floating around there. It's pretty absolute. good. Well, most
2: of the stuff I watch on there is just cooking videos and people walking around Japan. So yep. you can make it. You can make it good <laughs> if you want it to be.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I hate that you kind of have to try. Mm. You know, that's yeah. the problem with YouTube. Is like because I um I don't sign into YouTube with my Google account. Yeah, and so whenever I boot up YouTube, it's like a blank page. So I'm always interested to see like. What is a homepage of YouTube when you don't actually sign in and it doesn't know what you like?
2: Yeah, I I always have mine signed in and, you know, I think the algorithms somewhat got me. But then I watch one video that's out of place, and then it thinks that's all I want to see for the next, like, week.
1: Well, yeah, no, because this is, I mean, this is something I talk about all the time on this show, yeah. but, like, there's just these stupid wormholes where I, uh, like, I wasn't a fan of Disney Star Wars trilogy. Me neither, yeah. Yeah, but if you ever look that up... I am not going it to. It quickly <laughs> devolves into a very, very, very shitty... Community of people.
2: God, I can, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Because it
1: just like the people who who are the most vocal about complaining about that film also have these these like really horrible communities where it's basically mm. just based on complaining. And once you get in that spiral, it's like you have to actively go, okay, fuck a kitten video, something like just mm. you know. So like once you're in like the the shit zone of YouTube, <laughs> welcome to the shit zone. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been down that hole and it's hard to climb back out. So. I fully understand
1: It's tough I wish like the website Was more on your side In terms of Promoting positivity Mm. Like if YouTube At least if they Acknowledged it Like This is a Mm. community Of fucking whiny babies So like We are going to Actively help you Not be here If you really want to be here, that's fine, but here's a guy cooking a beef wellington for seven hours, right? And so it's like, I'm going to watch that instead.
2: Yeah, because sometimes it can really throw you off course. I remember seeing something the other day where, like, lots of K-pop fans got really angry. (laughs) I can't remember the name of the group, but, like, this guy uploaded a video, I think, like, reviewing his sex toys, and one of them he named after, like, a K-pop group. And then, like all the people into that group, all got suggested this video, and half of them are like kids, and it was just a bit, um, it was just a bit, bit weird. But I think I saw this on Twitter, so I'm mentioning. Looked it when <laughs> there you go, YouTube. That's what you get with you.
1: Yeah, no, fucking, and yeah, Twitter's yeah. a whole other thing too. It does the same thing For every sure. time I sign on. People are talking about this. Are they? Are they talking about this? Like, fuck you, Twitter. Like, yeah, I think
2: Twitter does the same thing. Like, depending which. Twitter We'd see click and stories and that it starts pushing more of that at you so i generally try and avoid anything that's not on my timeline
1: yeah that's probably smart i mean because that's mm. why I, I honestly enjoy instagram more because i just follow musicians yeah, yeah yeah and so i just see cover art and people fiddling with keyboards and stuff and maybe a few like meme things, and, like, that's it. Mm. But, I mean, I still find, like, there's still a lot of awesome stuff, like, on YouTube. I, I like, I just like whenever people are experts in things. Mm. That's always interesting to me. Like, I remember I got caught up watching this guy's videos who just restores things. It's just like, this is an old Russian drill from 1939. Oh, and I've just...
2: seen a few of those, and, like, old rusty knives and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and there's yeah. this
1: one particular one, because I've seen several channels, and there's this one called, I think he's just called uh, My Mechanics. Mm. He's just so good like it's just it's so everything Mm. is so perfect at the end because there's other ones where like the people get rid of the rust and it's like they put it in like a bucket of water that's like electrified and it's no fun like whenever he gets rid of the rust Mm. he's got like the machine that like sandblasts the rust off and it's just so satisfying to watch oh hell yeah yeah and uh and when he's finished it's like dude this guy's like a fucking expert in everything like it's just so awesome Mm. so you know there's cool things on youtube for sure like i
2: find I always end up watching videos on something I have, like, zero interest in just (laughs) because the person making it is so passionate about it, It, like, makes it interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, that's a big part of it, too, because there's some very colorful personalities out there. I started watching, I don't know why this was recommended to me, there's this British guy who just goes around eating takeout, (laughs) and he has, like, he brings his own little table and chair, and he just eats the food outside of the place. That sounds incredibly british it's it, fuck. It, the dude is hilarious too because he sounds like yeah. I, I don't totally know all my british comedians that well but i think he's he's sort of like a peter k kind of character all right so yeah. he's a slightly overweight just a little bit and he just says funny things and eats yeah. the food and You're like right, is, lads today yeah, i'm gonna yeah. review my portion of chips that's exactly <laughs> what the channel is <laughs> I'm gonna. You're gonna have to send me a link later. <laughs> yeah, it's actually like getting really popular now. Like, yeah, for I'm some nice reason it, got re- it was recommended on the page, and now that dude's I think regularly like he'll debut a video and it's got like a hundred thousand mm. views. Like, within ah, it. nice. So it's getting it's getting pretty big. But look, I want to listen to some more music, so we're gonna move ahead to Pleasure Island. Oui. and this just made me laugh because the because <laughs> you know when you do like a little quote where you talk about the album and the thing says you know a big thanks to all my friends and family who have kept me inspired. And then and then the song I listened to first was this one called Sex with these hilarious <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> and it just made yeah. me laugh. <laughs> just the those two things juxtaposed. But I want to listen cuz it's a this a fun song. Uh it's called Sex by Shiroban. and that was Shirobon with the track Sex with <laughs> this is all salacious I'm here with Shirobon right now now this one you must have been laughing when you were making those lyrics right like the whole kind of
2: point of this release was kind of taking like those old obnoxious blurry funk tracks where they just didn't give a shit and then just make remaking it with like lots of FM synthesizers and just absolutely taking the taking a bit because like a lot of People do like bring that track up and be like, "What? What were you thinking?" And I was like, "Well, kind of says it." <laughs> and then, but you know, it's it's like not fully a joke release, but definitely a very um very silly one. And when you got like the little like in that track on the chorus, you got the little chip tune leads
1: and things.
2: <laughs> it did take quite a few takes on the talk box to, to do a do a straight faced one. Yeah,
1: there's something funny to me about like blatant sex lyrics that are just so straightforward. I think that's what makes me laugh about it. Where it's like it's not mm. even like couched in metaphor or anything. Where you know, like when Lear's just like "I like having sex with you" or whatever. You know, like it just <laughs> it's funny to me. Yeah, but yeah, it's fun time. It's a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> so then, are you gonna like the second things open up? Are you gonna be like uh, right outside going to the club or what?
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going out, and I'm not coming home. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like two years worth of moves to unleash.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I still feel like I'm going to be weird a bit.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Like even now, like things have opened up slightly and you could like have a meal outside and meet six friends in the park. And even that has taken some warming up to so i think um i do kind of want to go out and go straight for like something a bit full-on like a big concert or something just because it would be so intense but in general i think the first couple of weeks we need a bit of warming up and then you just forget it will ever happen
1: you need a you need a spaceman helmet we need a spaceman helmet yeah for sure you seem like the kind of guy who has one i've I've got one or two You never know when you need it Yeah, you need it now I want to see like a whole dance club full of people all wearing spacesuits See, that's what I was hoping was going to happen with the whole pandemic thing To stick
2: everyone in a hazmat suit
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's all good, but um, no, that didn't happen sadly
1: Well, that's another thing I'm going to take to Congress For sure The spaceman suit And I don't know why I keep talking about Congress I'm Canadian <laughs> I, I, I have a parliament just like you, man You know, grass is greener on the other side, I guess I guess. I feel like your parliament's even more squished than ours. It's funny, because the layout of Canadian Parliament is the same as British Parliament.
2: Yeah, like at the moment everyone's like sat away from each other. But before that, it's like almost like everyone's sat on each other's lap and any time anyone says anything, everyone goes
0: yeah. You know.
2: <laughs> I don't know why they do that, but it's like, you know, when you go to like a bunch of turkeys and you go and they all go (laughs) i do know that it's it's (laughs) It's my favorite thing
1: yeah for sure it's exactly like that but british the only time i was ever that interested was two years ago or so where in british parliament there was that guy who kept yelling order and there was like this compilation of him yeah yeah yeah. is is um absolute classic yeah I, <laughs> order order yeah order. Is, it,
2: is 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 left the chair now but is greatly missed yeah. <laughs> and
1: then that's like that's like the extent of what i know about fucking like, british parliament oh mate me me too <laughs> but that, that guy seemed like fun he was always smiling yeah. and yelling order at people he's smiling it's good yeah <laughs> <laughs> Order! Order! You've scored games, haven't you? Not so
2: much, like, done a full OST. A lot of, like, rhythm games and stuff have, like, um, licensed songs of mine. And I've made the odd song for different games. Uh, It's mostly, mostly licensing, but I would really love to actually score a whole soundtrack to one at some point. So you know, and I'm sure that'll that will happen one day. If anything is good, it hasn't happened yet, cause where I'm still honing my craft. If it was like ten years ago and it happened, it would have been absolute donkey bollocks yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's an expression I can get behind.
2: Yeah, absolutely. but you know, I think, think now if someone contacted me with it, especially if it was like a schmup or like something a bit futury. I think I could have a lot of fun scoring something like that.
1: Ever since R-type back in the day, I've never been a huge shmup fan. Mm. And I don't like the word shmup. Yeah. I don't like saying it or seeing it written. <laughs> it's like
2: it's just the- It's like, it's like the moist of video game genres. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've learned to learn to embrace it I'm not like super crazy of them like you know I'm no expert but the ones I like I enjoy quite a lot but I do admit um, a lot of them can be a little bit samey but one you should absolutely play is um, G Darius on the PS1 I think that might even be my favorite game soundtrack it's so good
1: g darius
2: mm. all the soundtrack it's like um because for this darius game the composer was like stuck for ideas and you know they're all like all the enemies are robotic fish and he was trying to think of how to like rework the soundtrack because before it was all just melodic and one day he was just out in the middle of tokyo and it was just being noisy as fuck and he went that's the sound And just went went to the studio and just recorded lots of drills and machines and that. And just made all like the drum rhythms out of that. And lots of weird, spacey, warpy sounds. And then in the middle, this really pretty piano melody will come in. And it's really weird, but it's just really interesting
1: maybe this is like my old brain but i find like whenever they do modern shmup games like there's too much happening on screen for me to Mm. know what's going on you know like there's like bullets flying i guess well those are bullet hell games or yeah what's the difference between bullet hell and shmup i feel like they converge bullet hell
2: is basically just when it's all hell let loose with bullets and that's pretty much all you can see on the screen i think a lot of those kind of games now just presume that everyone playing them have been playing them for years right well i do admit like there should be some newer ones which are maybe a little bit newcomer friendly with an option to be like hard as shit there was one i played the other day called um devil engine and that was quite good but it's still a bit on the hard side but it definitely felt a bit more like a modern one even though it was kind of like um 32-bit pixel art. Right. But I do think, like, I really love a lot of the late 90s 3D ones, where it's still, like, side-scroller, but the graphics are really 3D. Mm-hmm. I find them really um, really interesting. So I think something like that, maybe reworked a bit for now, would be really good. What's that game? Near Automata took that on really well, because that game for, like, brief segments turns into a shoot- shooting game, and that feels and looks great. And I think blending it between that and the RPG elements was really cool. So maybe more of that would be quite nice. Devil
1: Engine's actually a really cool title. Mm. I've not heard that before, but that's like a cool sounding just title that sounds awesome devil engine
2: yeah it's a bit of a weird one because I think the developers got into some weird stuff with the publisher and now they're like don't buy the game because we don't get any money from oh, it or no. something <laughs> but uh, last time I checked they might have put up their own little sorted out or something this was a few few months back but still still a good game though and I think it's on um, Switch and all the standard stuff and Steam and that
1: I'll have to go check that out right after we mm. listen to this song From Reject, November 2017, you had this cool song called Granite. So let's listen to it. This is Granite by Shiroban. Shirobon with the track Granite, and I am here with Shirobon right now, Mikey, just talking about cool things, and uh, and I, I like this song just because it's cool, it has sort of like those kind of Commodore 64 sort of sounds in it. That was
2: all on the Nintendo Game Boy. Was it? Yeah, 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 because what's it, the LSDJ software has a mini wavetable thing, because one of the channels on the Game Boy can actually do quite complex audio stuff but the thing is most games don't take advantage of that because they need a lot of cpu for the actual game right so when you're making music on it and there's no game there and it's all quite basic all your cpu energy is focused on the music so you can actually push the sound chip further than what you'd hear in most um video games
1: oh that's interesting because it actually to my ear sounded like uh, mm. like c64 sounds
2: yeah, because the sounds I did in that kind of fade and warp between loads of different waveforms, so it's very similar to like the post-whip stuff that the Commodore would be doing. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah, because again, I don't, I don't necessarily have like the musical vocabulary to discuss why they sound different to me. I just know like mm. there's just certain sounds that when I hear them, I'm like, oh, that's like Commando on the Commodore sixty four or whatever. You know, like there's yeah. just certain types of sounds. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, my that's awesome. review yeah. It's cool <laughs> well, that's, that's my review For a lot of things That's uh, pretty much All I ever say We'll play a few songs In a bit From, from the new album Because there's actually Like a whole bunch Of really cool songs On here And by new album I mean Warp Because maybe by the time mm. This interview comes out There'll be something else Out there I don't know But yeah And definitely This, this album seems like a, f- a full sort of evolution From where you were a- At the start I mean this is Again I, I, I'm bad with like My music terminology mm. But this is a very Sort of just contemporary sounding cool kind of electronic album with little sprinklings of of uh uh, chip tooney stuff
2: yeah in fact that album is actually inspired by g darius quite strongly actually g darius and and that's why on the cover there's like a little spaceship because it's meant to be like a fake shmup soundtrack not soundtrack but like very influenced
1: by that kind of energy right shmup (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that stupid word <laughs> what do you envision for the future of shiroban well at the moment i'm about to drop the
2: ps1e y2k kind of vp because i changed well I evolved my sounds a different way for warp and for this one I've kind of evolved it even further and it's taken a lot of those ideas but now it's like a much higher tempo so it's a lot of like hard-hitting hard fast techno stuff and then it goes into like little melodies and things This Warp was a bit futury for sure but this one's really trying to like go to the next millennium you know and then after that I'm not sure but like I said I like to focus on what I'm doing in the moment. And then after I finish something, I usually um, experiment with sounds for like a couple of months and then see what's um, see what's exciting me. And then once I've got an idea that really clicks, then I'll work on another release. Do you still listen to music from like the chip tune scene? Not as much as I used to, but I still listen to um, my my favorites, mostly Chibi Tech. I could never get enough Chibi Tech. She's great
1: for the few sort of chip tune shows that i had done there were several sort of compilations that have since gone away mm. there was i yeah. guess some drama with some yeah i i think is with a lot of small
2: close-knit niche scenes well, it's not necessarily niche but i think where everyone knows each other so much if like one thing happens it can have like quite um a butterfly effect maybe so it can affect a lot of people but i generally try and stay away from any any dramas or anything
1: yes no i mean i do the same thing i just find it interesting yeah. because i'm part of the the sort of the synth wave scene mm. full of a bunch of artists who are sort of bedroom producer types and there's never really like the whole label took everything down because i know that happened yeah for sure in Chip too, and like there was a, a a compilation label or something that um i guess some of the people were kind of not nice or something, and then they just took everything down.
2: Yeah, I think they just had not the best way of dealing with artists and releases and sharing splits and things like that. And when someone kind of brought it up, everyone else kind of went at them, and then they just couldn't handle the heat and just shut it down. Just went offline. Yeah. <laughs> for a walk. Yeah.
1: <laughs> in the digital world, we're always so used to like everything's around forever, and then all of a sudden we just go to a band camp that's just like, mm. it's not here anymore. Like, oh. Okay. <laughs>
2: well, it was like somewhere around like 2008 or something, there was a huge chiptune forum called 8 Collective and that shut down. And the thing with that was um, you could upload music to it and a lot of people would only upload their music there. So when it shut down, loads of like classic songs just vanished. Right. And like not all eyes had like other versions of it or whatever. So I say probably not all of it, but like 60% of the music that was on there is you probably can't find now. Including a few of mine actually. Ooh, that makes them like treasures. Treasures. I think someone who was quite obsessed on the site put up a torrent file of all the ones that they've personally downloaded. But it's obviously still not everything. Right. It's the closest you can get to everything that was on there. But that also means having to torrent like Thousands of songs and going going through them, but
1: yeah, it's like the the Library of Alexandria. Mm. You know all this like uh, hidden knowledge, and then it uh, burned down. I'm trying to sound smart here. I don't even know if I'm using the right reference. <laughs> <laughs> Library of Alexandria. Hold on, let's see if I'm actually referencing the right thing. It sounds epic, so let's just say st- stick with it. <laughs> Library of Alexandria. Oh, <laughs> right before there too, Library of Congress. Mm. <laughs> Your favorite, the Great Library of Alexandria in Alexandria, Egypt, was one of the largest and most significant libraries of the ancient world. All right, let's get to the good part. The library dwindled during the Roman period. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, the whole point was it got, it got destroyed. So like it was, it housed mm. all the knowledge. Despite the widespread modern belief that the Library of Alexandria was burned once and cataclysmically destroyed, the library actually declined gradually over the course of several centuries. Well, that is not as cool. So this is what happens when you do research. Hey, it turns out that that weird thing I heard on the internet was wrong? No way. We all learned a valuable lesson today about uh, (laughs) the Library of Alexandria. It is indeed no parallel for what happened to the 8-bit collective. (laughs) It's exactly the same. Stupid. No different. (laughs) Um, Let's listen to the track Phoenix, because this is a cool one from the album Warp. And then we can maybe wind down, but uh, this is a cool song. This is Phoenix by Shiroban.
0: Thrusters. Check. Shields. Check. Navigation. Check. Missiles. Check. Assembly is completed. Now launching the Phoenix.
1: and that was shiroban with the track phoenix and i'm here right now with shiroban mikey just talking about stuff the library of alexandria which you brought up i brought it up yeah that's my story (laughs) (laughs) we can probably wind down but like is there anything we we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about i think you've
2: touched on everything pretty well to be honest
1: i'm not sure that i did (laughs) you're being very kind
2: your your library's grander than mine. My brain doesn't think too far, so I'm <laughs> I'm satisfied. If you are,
1: well, I'm always satisfied. I'm a happy guy. Mm. Uber Uber Eats just told me I could save twenty bucks if I order twenty bucks worth of shit from the convenience store. <laughs>
2: What are you going to order?
1: Um, I literally just am ordering like a bunch of bags of chips and gummy bears. <laughs> You're going to eat them together? I'm already paying them like nine bucks a month to like reduce the fees. Uh, and they said if I spend 20 bucks, I get 20 bucks off. I'm like, okay. We can make a little um, gummy bear sandwich. There's a thing, you know, uh, which I have invented... I haven't invented this, but it's called the um, the four food groups of snacking. So you know how there's like you know like the proper food groups of healthy eating, yeah. but then there's also the one where you never have to stop eating snacks if you have salty chips, chocolate gummies, and some soda or pop, as I, we say in Canada. <laughs> Because then you never have to stop, right? Because like you're eating a gummy bear, but then you, you switch gears and eat like the salty chips. Then you can go from that to the chocolate, mm. and you can eat some salty again, you know. And then so you never have to stop. Full course meal. Yeah, because if you have the right things in the right combination, because obviously if you just have gummies, you just kind of get sick of eating them. Like you need something else to break up the the sugariness, and you do that with with salty. I'd love to, i love to give that a try. Yeah, I mean, if you want to die, I mean, like it's great. Maybe I do. But you- <laughs> well, the thing, well, you hey, you're 30, man, you're a young man, your 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 body can still probably can handle it. Yeah, well, death. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, like, eating a bunch of... You know, like, <laughs> hey, I can handle it.
2: Don't worry about me. It won't be the first time I've died.
1: Well, well see, this is, like, the, the interesting part now we find out that uh, you are a ghost. Or some sort of specter or something. You're like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. You come back from the dead. You know, maybe this is what my song Phoenix was all about. Right, is it? <laughs> no. Did you Did you rise from the
2: ashes? I wish. <laughs> That'd be a much nicer entrance than the one I made.
1: I love, I love the idea. <laughs> Did you rise from the ashes? I wish. <laughs> <It's> like-
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Well, look, listen. It was nice, uh, nice chatting with you. You make cool music. Oh, thank you. That's my way of uh, winding things up, or winding things up, winding things down. Winding things up means to annoy, right? Like, you winding me up. Go on, wind me up. I can handle it. Yeah, so if you wind someone up, you're annoying them, but we are winding down. Sorry, I'm just learning how to talk today. Today's That's my, all right. It's all very exciting for me. Absolutely. Yeah, Geppetto just uh, made me become alive. <laughs> Geppetto. And... Uh, <laughs> That's the that's the guy who made Pinocchio. Just in case people think I'm saying Geppetto, long nose man. That's true. Well, you can't see right now how much I'm lying. Uh, that's the secret that I only I I get to see, and my family gets to see. Geppetto nose. Yep. When I'm <laughs> <laughs> he's just in the corner having a wank. <laughs> that's not an appropriate joke. I apologize. But yeah, so uh, you know, keep on making cool stuff, and we'll uh, keep uh, listening to it. I hope so. And it's exciting. You got some uh, some collabs on the way, and yeah no it's all good and you know thanks for having me just to be clear i'm really bad at ending conversations so i'm just gonna <laughs> tell you know that's what's happening right now it
2: <laughs> you're breaking up with me
1: yeah when it, no seriously this is what it always sounds like it's like someone who's incapable of hanging up the telephone and this is like these weird pauses and like so uh goodbye that's when you just fades fade the music in yeah i'm not that professional though. i don't know how to do that <laughs> I, I just take these and post them directly to SoundCloud Full of all the fucking clicks and pops And audio mistakes And nobody notices That's so good, that's the charm Yeah, I guess There's nothing more charming than poor production values Ay. That's one of my pet peeves Well, That's like with um punk music Yeah, but I'm not of that ethos yeah. I know there's a whole genres Where people are just like Yeah, it's so cool Because there's like no electronics going on I'm like, that's the best part of everything mm. That's my personal cool. take on things Mm. i always like the electronic bit that's the part i like me too are you eating something sorry i got a package and ate a chocolate <laughs> <laughs> it's been
2: staring at me for this whole for this whole time i
1: like, it. like i feel like i just had like the tone like i was scolding you just there mm. <laughs> yeah but look uh it was lovely talking to you mm. and uh i look forward to listening to the album who knows maybe by the time this is out that will have been released yeah absolutely i'll send it i'll send it over yeah that'd be great man i like uh i like receiving music it's fun it's like a little present that's why i like ordering things from amazon it's like a little gift for me all the time even though i paid for it fucking absolutely i ordered the wrong kind of ram i'm trying to upgrade this laptop and i thought i got 16 gigs of ram and it turned out it was just four four gig chips and i only found that out after i plugged them in it's like tetris all over again yeah it is hopefully i can get a refund yeah you can get away with it yeah yeah what a very, very anticlimactic way to end a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, this is almost like a challenge just to keep this going. I want, I want to uh, keep we this going.
2: Um, we should probably wrap it up. <laughs>
1: Well, look, how about this? We'll play this cool track called Forests of Ophelion, because this is a cool one from Warp, and uh, we'll say goodbye, and then I'll say goodbye and play a song. That's a good way to end things. Much better. So, uh, Mikey, a.k.a. Shiroban, you have a lovely evening. And uh, keep on being a cool guy and keep making cool music. And it was uh, good to talk to you. Yeah, you too, man. And uh, let's listen to this, man. This is Forests of Ophelion by Shiroban. And Shiroban's waving now. You can't see him, but he's waving. Maybe I should get you to make waving sounds. and that was my chat with Shiroban. I hope you enjoyed the show. It was always my intention to do more chiptune shows, and I honestly didn't think it was going to take two years to get to the next one, but (laughs) hopefully we'll try and do uh, a few more and not wait another two years before that happens. In the meantime, I hope you all have a lovely day. Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best Synthwave chat show there is, and don't forget, if you want to send in a voice message or write a letter, comment, question, send it to Beyond synth submissions at gmail.com That listener feedback show is going to be in a few weeks, so I suggest if you want to send in a message, do it now. And on that note, have a lovely week, and tune in next time, and I'll see you later.
0: Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.